Hello, everyone. This is Janice Alpert. Thank you for listening to On Purpose, a podcast where we talk to people about how they find their purpose and hopes of helping you find yours. And maybe you'll even do it on purpose. And today we have, as always, an inspiring guest named Charles Clay. Hi, Charles. Hello, hello. Aloha from Hawaii. Um, oh, and he's talking to us from Hawaii. Are we all not jealous? Aloha to you. I love Hawaii. Been there several times. It's so beautiful. So welcome. And thank you so much for doing this. We appreciate it. So I usually like to just start off by, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? Where did you grow up and a little bit about your family life? Yeah, I grew up in Washington State. And, uh, you know, early on, always had a fascination and love for the ocean. We used to take our camper to uh, ocean shores. And even if it was raining or, you know, overcast, terrible weather, we would still suit up with our, you know, parkas and, roll up our pants, sleeves, legs, and just go out chasing the waves. And uh, Oh, how cool. First of all, I just have to say, in the in terms of the law of the universe, whatever you want to say, do, 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 do. Our last guest was also an ocean lover. So, right. and and I'm going on a Iceland cruise in a few weeks, so I'll be on that ocean. Uh, love it. So you, at a very young age, loved the ocean. What and your whole family did? Are you like an only child or? Yeah, no, so it was my brother and I, and, uh-huh. uh, you know, older brother. And so we had uh, some really vivid, epic memories there at the beach and even playing Uno in the camper all the way there. <laughs> and then, Oh, Uno, I played with my kids and I played with my grandkids. I, I, if I play one more game of Uno, I might chew myself, but it is a fun game. Yeah. So. Yes. So uh, then, you know, that, that was kind of tapping into the genius of my five-year-old then after uh, my parents divorced. We got to see mom again at this little town called Preston and she had moved in with her new boyfriend. I remember walking across the street and uh, saying hi to a kid with his dog and, uh, you know, asked if I could pet his dog. And next thing you know, we became best friends and started a biker gang in that town and uh, became the, the Scorpions. <laughs> oh, my God. OK, I just have to say to the listeners, Charles looks like not a biker. Let me just say that. I mean, that is, so you literally became a biker and started a gang and you were the Scorpio. Yeah. By the way, I'm a Scorpio. So just another do, 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 do. So, um, so you became the Scorpions and what did that entail in your little biking? Uh... Yeah. So that was, uh, you know, BMX biker gang. And we got to, we knew the wow. woods and the trails around there, like the back of our hand. And it was just, uh, just an insight into, you know, the, the memories that were so vivid back then of, uh, you know, just the inspiration, imagination of a five-year-old. And so wow. fast forward, um, you know, graduated from Washington State University with my degree in kinesiology and oh. yeah, okay. and then began, uh, moved to San Diego to live the beach life and became a wow. trainer and uh, had a, you know, good 15 years of training, personal training clients. And then that evolved into health coaching. And okay. then that um, brought me to uh, Mammoth Mountain on a trip with a couple friends. Mm-hmm. Um, that day was pretty crazy. Uh, there was a blizzard, snow coming every which way. Oh, God. We're at the top of this mountain, you know, looking down. They'd shut down the lift because it was so oh, there. Oh my, just the two of you? Uh, three of us. So me and, me and two buddies and we couldn't see anybody else. You know, you could barely see a tree like 10 feet in front of you. It was oh. just uh, really, Eerie. 
intense day up there in the mountains. And we look at each other, we're like, well, there's one way down. Let's charge and stay low and be ready for anything. You know, it was like this white abyss with snow coming every which way. Total whiter. Yeah. So we're having a blast, you know, flying down this mountain. And that's just five minutes I know you. Yeah, go ahead. And halfway down the mountain, I took a jump that I didn't know was there. And I'm in midair and it feels like I just went off a cliff. I have no idea where the landing is. I'm, you know, I know I'm in deep trouble and I, I tensed up, tightened up and the impact hit was like a lightning bolt to my low back. And it was the most excruciating physical pain I'd experienced to date. And I, I remember yelling to my friends, hoping they could hear me, but they were in front of me further down and they couldn't hear through the muffled snow. And then I remember, uh, you know, just oh sitting there in this blizzard, like at a level 11 on a 10 scale of pain going like, man, I'm, I'm in big trouble here. I don't know how I'm going to get down this mountain. And so it's in those moments that, you know, you find another gear. I could just channel it. Inter- find something. Otherwise you're, I mean, that's like you thought you were going to die kind of an experience. Yeah. yeah it was, it was really intense. Yeah. And so I, I channeled my inner Spartan warrior and was able to, uh, you know, click my board off and sit on it and slide down because I couldn't stand up. And so here I am like sliding down this mountain on my butt on the board for a while. And then I'd keel over and breathe into the pain for a while. And so eventually I made it down the mountain. Then I had to go see doctors and I didn't like the news they gave me. Uh, you know, they're telling me that. MAS, could you walk at that point at all or? Yeah, barely. It was like, I couldn't stand up straight. I'm just thinking for someone who's active and was biker and on the ocean and surfing and doing all kinds of, sounds like a little on the edge kinds of living life, to not be able to walk would be, well, first of all, it'd be horrible for all of us, but for you in particular, like, yikes. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when I got the news from the doctors. You know, I, I got multiple opinions and they were telling me after showing images and MRIs, like, hey, you're in bad shape. You're going to need surgery or you might never move the same again. And so someone like you said, that really appreciates this sensory suit, these human bodies. And your degree is in movement. Yeah, and, you know, your degree is in movement. So what? Oh, you have right. to move. Oh, wow. So, so go ahead. I just decided, you know, even in a fight or flight state, I was able to access my intuition and choose a different path than going under the knife. And oh. that wasn't an easy path, but I'm looking back and really glad I, I chose that because that meant, you know, sitting in my apartment in San Diego and actually like I could barely crawl to the bathroom. I was in so much pain sometimes when the back wow. fur and that meant I had to sit with and feel all these heavy emotions that I had been avoiding up till then. Uh, so if you may, if you care to share, because you, know, you kind of glossed over like a child's I mean, it sounds like your parents got divorced and then you met this yep. friend and then you became a biker. But like what happened in between? Is that the emotions you're talking about or? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, divorce for a four-year-old doesn't make a lot of sense, you know, so... It's like, um, you know, mom just kneels down. I remember the color of lipstick she was wearing. I remember the smell of her leather 
coat saying that, yeah, we're getting a divorce and I'm, I'm leaving for a while. I don't know when I'd see her again. Oh, so, she left. She yeah. left. You were left with your dad. Oh. Right. Right. I so, mean, not to sound sexist, but that's a little unusual because I'm so liberal, but whatever, that sounds a little unusual. Yeah. Wow. Right. I get. So, you know, at four years old, the woman I love the most left. And so this is the classic abandonment wing when I think a totally. lot of people relate with. And yeah. And so, you know, that uh, luckily we got to see her again, you know, many months later and have those childhood memories. And, and then, um, you know, when I was 10 years old, um, dad picked us up from baseball and I remember we were driving home, but he pulled the car over and I'm looking at my brother like, what's going on? Something's wrong. Uh-huh. And he shared with us that, um, that mom had died. What? Yeah. So at 10, you know, discovering that um, mom had left this world. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. How It's horrible. Yeah, it was devastating. You know, it was like uh, the best way I could describe that feeling, if anybody's, you know, experienced that kind of love and loss, it's like someone hitting you in the stomach with a baseball bat over and over again, this just intense pain of like, is this, this can't be real. And so <clears throat> that took, you know, some, a lot of feeling through all those emotions that as a 10 year old trying to process that is uh, a bit much, especially finding out that she took her own life because she got oh, that- depression and alcoholism and, um, you know, just shining light, biggest heart ever. And then the shadow to that was just, Oh, Charles, I have goosebumps. First of all, thank you for being so open. Like, wow, that is so hard and horrible. And I'm a therapist, so it's not like I've never heard this before. But when, I mean, oh my, I mean, that was like, I, you saw my face was like, oh my God. So what, what, how did you handle that after that? At 10 years yeah. old, you baby. You know, I remember vividly sitting next to my brother at my mom's funeral shortly after sure. And no, I'm going to, I swear I'm going to cry in about a minute. Oh my God. It's okay. Your tears are that cool. And I remember trying not to cry at my own mom's funeral because I had heard, you know, picked up from older kids that, you know, crying is a sign of weakness and yeah, don't not, be a baby. So we have to, yeah, can't show weakness and, you know, crying's for girls, this kind of stuff that we pick up as kids. And, yeah. and so those were some, some really, uh, you know, powerful repressed emotions that um, later ended up as issues in my tissues, you know, <laughs> show, up, show up in the form of pain. And, and wait, you never went, I'm just asking. So you never went for any kind of counseling after that? You're, you just kind yeah. of sucked it up and joined a gang <laughs> or made up a gang? Is that kind of you, one of your, yeah. I mean, looking back, one of your coping strategies? No, we, I had done some counseling, but I yeah. never really resonated you know, I remember I didn't find it very helpful then. I just didn't okay. resonate with the counselors that I um, sat with. So that happens. Yeah. So I had my brother, you know, and, and my dad and, uh, and my dad did an amazing job of raising us, you know, and, and he was the disciplinary, always putting us to work and um, pretty stern and, and very, you know, kind of two emotions, right? Like, joy, fun, play, and then anger, very fierce. And so growing up with that, um, you know, over time I was 
you know, teaching fitness here, fast forward to San Diego and taking on 10 clients a day. Oh, my. You know, going out on the weekends and, you know, indulging in sex, drugs, rock and roll, all the things to avoid these heavy emotions that I didn't even know that I was repressing. Right. And, and so that um, day, you know, sitting in my apartment after saying no to going under the knife and surgery meant actually sitting with all these feelings and first fear of, man, am I ever going to move the same again? You know, I just think the universe and when they want to get our attention mm-hmm. and we're not listening, sometimes they have to do it in an extreme fashion. So right. sounds like your attention was gotten. Yeah, there's, there's, uh, it's like the universe will give you a little feather. Like, hey, you might want to make a shift here and change some things, you know? We don't listen to that. It's like a brick hitting you in the head, you know, with a, a bad hangover yeah. or uh, dealing with some it'll consequences. Keep, it'll keep coming. It'll keep and, coming. And then if we don't pay attention to that or make those changes, then it's like a Mack truck, you know, that hospitalizations, these kind of things. And that's, that was my experience. And so, um, finally allowing myself to, to dive into those feelings and let these tears fall of grief, you know, that I hadn't fully processed yet from, uh, losing my mom and, uh, even shame of just not even being able to stand up straight, let alone get to work or do anything productive. You know, this, this, well, uh, while you were, while you did hear this horrible accident, you felt kind of still shameful that I can't do my work. Yep. Because, oh, wow. Yeah. It was, uh, not- it was noticing the validation that's received from the doing, like the, oh, this badge okay. of, I'm busy. Um, you know, working hard, you know, these. Therefore, I'm productive and probably right. doing what I'm supposed to be doing, even Which if is, my inside feels like crap. Yeah, okay, got it. Which is, you know, historically gotten kudos from that. And until we run okay. ourselves down and we're burnt out and then we're trying to fill everybody's cup from an empty cup. So all this became, it was like this uh, really powerful epiphany after letting those tears fall, um, you know, after a good cry, it's like, immense clarity. And so I remember, I remember setting an intention for a meditation and I set the intention to receiving answers to healing naturally. Had you ever met before? Uh, yes. Some, you know, I'd done, um, some practice. I wouldn't consider myself like a master or, or, uh, you know, super advanced meditator, but, um, but I knew there was something there for me. And so, I dropped into meditation with the intention of receiving answers to healing naturally. And Uh literally while in that meditation, a friend I hadn't talked to in over two years sent me a text at the same time and said, man, I heard your back's in bad shape. Check out neurokinetic therapy, NKT, the work of David Weinstock. And this took me down a rabbit hole that opened up and connected so many dots for me. And I started- I just, I love with it. You have no idea. I love when that happens. When when what the you you ask, and if you're open, you will receive. Love it. The, the answers come, and so that was uh, my first introduction to this work, NKT Neurokinetic Therapy, the work of David Weinstock. Um, I got in touch with him, and was like, "Man, uh-huh. I'm in so much pain. I think you can help me." You know, and he was in the Bay at the time, and oh, so he was the, he was in. He, he was in the Bay, like San Francisco, or, yeah. or 
Oh, so you're in San Diego and he's in San Francisco. Right. So he set me up with his top student in San Diego, uh, Christina. Oh. And what a godsend. You know, I go in for my first session and I look like Shakira stuck in a mid-hip dance move. Like my hips are <laughs> over to the left, my upper body's to the right. I'm like, can you help me? I'm in, you know, I'm a mess. And and that was representative. My body was showing me physically how out of alignment I was with my purpose at that time. Mm-hmm. How many years ago was this? I'm curious. So this was 2008. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's been so a while. Was, okay. This was a great awakening for me because um, this was began my story from pain to purpose, right? Because mm-hmm. I got on that table and she started testing muscle groups. She tested my glutes to see if those are firing and and um, nothing was working there. I was like, what do you mean my glutes aren't firing? That's weird. I have, I have huge glutes. <laughs> I've got a thick pant. What are you talking about? Yeah, but they but it wasn't getting a signal from my brain uh-huh. to to contract those muscles. So she had me clench my jaw, retested the glutes, and all of a sudden they were strong momentarily. So my body was showing us that the neurological traffic jam was in my jaw, and that was blocking the signal from getting to the big guns. My glutes helped stabilize my spine and hips, and so we found a couple other compensation patterns like that and corrected them by releasing the muscles that were overfiring the jaws very painful but even in a couple minutes it like opens up those neural pathways and then i could get my glutes back online again and we did this for a couple other compensation patterns and i got off the table and i was like what i could stand up straight i was 90 percent better in one session oh my gosh miracles miracles happen I gave her a big hug and said, I'm going to see you every week. I'm, I'm going to study um, all of David Weinstock's courses. I, I took his live courses with him, studied under him, became a neurokinetic therapist and knew that was my path for, for healing. And have gone on to um, help people with their self-healing, reminding us that we're our own greatest healers. Nobody knows your body like you. And um, so I've, it's been an honor to get to help a lot of other people, you know, um, deal with and resolve from the abandonment wound to um, emotional pain to, you know, physical pain that's showing up and they're considering going under the knife as well and have an alternative for that. I love this. So for, I used to have to share this personal thing because you'll love it. So, and my listeners know this because I throw it in every now and then. So I've had some gastro issues off and on my whole life, in particular over the last seven, eight years. And I've tried everything and cut out this and cut out that. And I, I'm very spiritual and believe in everything that you're saying. And I just was asking, all right, what's the next step here? I've cut out sugar. I've pretty much, I've done and it's still not exactly mm-hmm. how I want it to be. And this energy healer uh, from a client, whatever, came across, you know, said, oh, you just try her. She's not even in Chicago, Chicago area. So we're doing it long distance. So I've been seeing her, working with her for about three months and I say to her, I don't know how to say this, but I think things are better. So she goes, well, of course they're better because you're doing your end as well. And so it's very hard. So for people who are listening going, well, oh, this is just a little bit wackadoodle and it's out there. I say, well, you don't know until you try it. And if you think about, to me, this is how I look at it. Look at the world and the earth and that was created by something bigger than we are. Well, we're created that way too. And if you think about our human body, all of it, it's pretty freaking amazing. You know, if you just think about it, you get a cut and then you say, all right, I'll put a bandit on. And you have total faith. You don't even think about it. That cut's going to go away. You trust it. You don't think, you don't even give it a second thought. 
Well, what if they were true about other things in our body? And I'm not saying, I would just want to say this right now. I believe in doctors. I believe in medicine. You know, I don't think it has to be one or the other. But why not include this component is what I, I say to anyone that I'm talking to, including on this podcast, because I've had other people who've also, you know, had other these kinds of experiences. And um, I just think like, yay. So I just wanted to share that I'm I'm with you. And I yeah. think that's fantastic. So when you were growing up, though, there was no part of you that was thinking about universal energy or spirituality or anything that wasn't really on your like, what's my purpose? What am I going to do in my life? There wasn't something you were really thinking too much about until this really horrific accident. No, I definitely was, you know, working on figuring out my purpose and had okay. a deep uh, searching and longing for okay. uh, and okay. knowing that there was much more than just this physical form. Okay. Yeah. So you kind of always knew that. Okay. So yeah. you already, you had a little glimpse inside yourself, like what what's going on here? So now this horrible thing happened. You meet this doc, you know, kinetic, whatever this, say it again. What is it? The neuro? Neurokinetic therapist. Yeah. Okay. They so you find it. him, you get trained in that yourself. Mm-hmm. What, in terms of the psychological component and the grieving of your mom, like, did you do that through this process or did you actually see a therapist or like? Yeah. So the NKT work began, became a very good tool under my belt for one aspect, right? like okay. the physiology. Right. And then um, as I started my healing practice and helping a lot of people, I recognized a lot of common denominators. Two things that were often unaddressed when it came to pain. And yeah. that's the emotional aspect, right? Yes. Any repressed emotions are going to show yeah. up and highlighted in the body and, yeah. you know, show up as a check engine light. Um, just like in our cars where, you know, we're pretty diligent for the most part about, you know, hey, I got to check in his light. I better go change something, get it serviced. Right. Well, but we, it makes a flashy light. You need mm-hmm. your oil change. And so we go get our oil change. Right. And pain is the same way in our body. However, we're oftentimes not as diligent about, you know, making those changes. In fact, we go whatever to cope with it instead or of take, actually going to or take, or take 25 different probiotics that don't work. Right. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Not that right. I'm against probiotics. I'm just saying that was not helping me. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And so those things often don't get to the source of, you know, why this is happening for you. And so that's the third component I address is the metaphysics. And this is mm-hmm. the fascinating part because it's dealing with how our thoughts, our feelings, even the way yeah. we speak is always our cells are always responding. You know, so and you must know Suzanne. I'm telling you, she has a whole way. She texts me after each session. You're not talking to yourselves properly. And I swear I've changed talking to my cells. And I do believe that's part of why I'm feeling better. Yeah. I mean, so this Absolutely. to me, just on a personal note, is hysterical in terms of in case I was having any doubts that you would be my guest today. I just um, I love I love what you're saying. And it feels like you love what you're doing. Like you feel like you're on Absolutely. the path. And, and the reason that I love. When I do so much is, um, one, it's it just, there's this deep level of fulfillment that comes from aligning with your purpose and getting to show up in service and help others yeah. um, access and their own answers to these, you know, complicated problems such as pain. Pain is pay attention inward now. And so instead of... I love that. Wait, pay attention inward. And I love that. Yeah. So instead of reaching externally for 
all the things to the band-aids to just fix it temporarily it's like an opportunity to go inward to the source of uh, why this is happening for you and so this is why i love the metaphysics because it addresses um you know from a spiritual level like this experience is somehow happening for you and not see that's what i say to people it's not to you it's for you no matter what is being happening in your life and you can imagine as a psychotherapist for 40 years the some of the most horrible stories that i've heard of sickness of loss of, of death suicide like how could that possibly physics cancer whatever how can that be be a gift a gift might be a strong word but it kind of usually is for me yeah and what would you say to that what would you say to that you know it's there's always some important lessons and mm-hmm. to learn and some important blessings to gain and some yeah. deep self-discoveries in every experience like that every challenge and so when we can ask the right questions uh-huh. and look for those answers it's setting your mind like a heat-seeking missile towards uh, receiving answers instead of going into the negative default programs which would be like yeah. you know oh my back hurts i better go on google and see self-diagnose and then it's like all worst case scenarios put you into even more fight or flight mode so, then we're making decisions from that place <laughs> it's so negative. and then you're living in a instead of a faith-based kind of place and in a place of love you're living in fear which only accentuates whatever's going on it's never a good place to be and and worry that that's also a waste of time right so i always offer you know three self-inquiry questions anytime you're faced with a challenge pain um, feel stuck, ask, how is this happening for me? And that first question is, can take you out of victim mode and into some, something's here for me, right? Mm-hmm. That I have to gain from this. And that's powerful because when we go from victim mode of like, why is this happening to me? And that can prolong the experience of suffering to, you know, putting our attention on, well, how is this happening for me? And then second, what, wants to change what is it that needs to change in my life my lifestyle that's asking for the change and that's the intelligence from our bodies that know even with your gut you know yeah. it's like it's like trying to give you the information based on the body communicates through feeling right so it's totally does it feel good when you relax and sit up straight and and meditate and relax if that feels oh, good that's a yes from yeah the body. i do all of that and I loved even Suzanne, my, the energy alert, she started right off with well, what happened in your child. And of course, I'm a therapist and I've been in therapy, but what happened in your childhood that you love food so much and it's hard for you to make these changes? And why do you love food more than you love your body? And, you know, what did your body go? I was really going back to my mother. I think I've done that already. But the truth of the matter is, I already knew what she was saying. But the way that it, the way, like even the way that you're asking it, it has a psycho, you know, therapeutic kind of point. But it's it's really asking the deeper questions of what is this trying to tell me about myself that's going to help me? It's not there to hurt you. It's going to help you. Okay. So first question is what is the pain telling me? Second question, what I mean, what's it doing for me? Second question, what got already? Change. What needs to change? Third question. Third question is what are the lessons to learn Uh and the blessings to receive from this? Okay. That those are powerful self inquiry questions because. Even if the answers don't come instantaneously, they'll start showing up as signs, as people, and your intuition will lead you to the right totally. people or information, whatever. And 
it's just fascinating how you can looking back connect all the dots, right? So that is why I love this work so much because on the other side of this healing is dreams coming true. And, okay. you know, like a, a great example of that is, you know, I can connect the dots as to even how this would show up in my relationships, the unprocessed emotions, right? And, and the limiting beliefs that were created as a four-year-old, as a 10-year-old through the- Sure. And the sense of loss, you would have been afraid to fall in love because what if you lose that person? Yeah. And in fact, I wasn't afraid to fall in love in, you know, even like, like went to college, my college sweetheart, just incredible, you know, relationship and, and fell deeply in love. And, you know, a year later, circumstances, um, arose when it was like, Hey, we either need to do the long distance thing or cut this off. And, and she chose to, didn't want to do the long distance thing. So we broke it off and- yeah, as devastating as that was, I, you know, picked up pieces was like, okay, I'll be fine. I'm moving on. Didn't fully process that. And then the next years later, fell in love again. And it wasn't long before that lover left me as well. Mm-hmm. Helped me start seeing, wow, how am What's I, here? what can <laughs> I take responsibility for here? Because uh-huh. instead of being a victim, it was like, wow, I started piecing this together and going, man, there's things that I've been showing up uh, very immaturely in the relationship that's actually like pushed them away. Uh-huh. And so it was the younger part of me that was used to that story of like, love has to equal pain. And the yeah. it's like the ego will go back to what we know we can survive. So it's going back to that piece of story that's like, well, you know, every time I fall in love, I can't keep my lover here. So uh-huh. I must not be good enough. Right. The ego, just for listeners, the ego is not like how we describe it, Freud, when you're on the spiritual thing. The ego is is part of our brain that wants to like, um, it's like it it like gets us in a little bit of trouble. So we have to be very aware when I always go like, okay, is my ego in check right now? Which I know if I at least am asking, then it probably is so that we're not operating from this other part of ourselves that usually, I mean, it helps us deal with our life. So it has some value, of course. But we have to be careful when it starts interrupting um, and we're only living by that versus by our soul's calling. Um, so I, I know you understand what I'm, t- you know, talking yep. about. Yeah, yeah, the ego and the mind will always try to take you back to what's familiar, even if that's yeah. really painful, because it knows you can survive there. And it's so, I look at right. the ego as like a, a tour guide on the human experience, trying to make sure everybody's safe. And, <laughs> and right. uh, so, whereas our soul is here for, the greatest learning and expansion and seeing what's on the other side of fear. And so it's uh, profound to connect all those dots and recognize and develop a process that allowed me to finally heal that abandonment wound through an inner peace process. And this is where became some of my greatest work that I share is recognizing my responsibility in it and going back to the four-year-old that Yes. Through this experience and getting to repair that version of myself to, you know, be the the parent that wasn't there, you know, helping him through that experience. And in doing that, when I first connected with that, you know, inner four-year-old, he was like, yep. arms crossed. He was oh. pissed at me too, because he's like, you're the, I mean, you, right? Just left him there. 
in this experience that was, you know, so profound. And so I just kept sitting with him, connecting, and eventually he warmed up to me and we could, um, I found out what he needed and, you know, he was pissed and he wanted to, to break some stuff. Right. So I bet. And part of what I want to interject here is that just as a therapist, I, I, you know, we all have parts of us. Um, Actually, there's a great psychologist, um, Dick Schwartz, who did uh, wrote like his whole thing called internal family systems. And um, I'm not a specialist in it, but he he also says that we all have parts of us that protect us. And and unless we're and when I use the word protect, it's in the way that you're describing it. They're not really always doing such a great job because they're keeping us stuck versus ahead. So we have to go inward to those parts, whether it be a four-year-old, a 10-year-old, and there's all kinds of different parts that he names. I'm not really that um, educated on, on all of it, but it's, it's, not, it's not crazy stuff is what I'm trying to tell anyone who's listening is that we all have that. And I just admire so much the work that you've done, Charles. I think that's like amazing. Um, so yeah, so I have you do you have a are you married now or or with somebody or Yeah, so you know, you're already getting to the punchline. That's great. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's okay. I <laughs> you want to interrupt you can yeah. your story. I apologize. It's, it's fantastic. So just by um sitting with those younger parts of myself and yep. finally allowing myself to feel those emotions that were trapped as, you know, issues in my tissues and letting my body fully metabolize that finally frees up so much energy and getting to pinpoint the decisions that we made about ourselves then. This is where the limiting beliefs keep showing up Mm -hmm. in our subconscious, the self-sabotaging behaviors. Yeah. So I was able to identify, wow, you know, that four-year-old, my 10-year-old decided that, yeah, love has to equal pain and that I'm not good enough to keep Mm -hmm. um, the ones I love around. And so that if that's a belief running in my subconscious, it's going to keep showing up until I bring some, you know, conscious light to it. And so in this process, I was able to pull those limiting beliefs like weeds, plant some deeper seeds of truth and embody that. And in doing this work, literally the catalyzed shifts, like I said, dreams coming true was like, I, you know, called in my queen and, you know, got married, had, kids and I, now I have my two beautiful two girls and it's just like truly a dream come true so happy also oh, and this and you're definitely and this is all again a traumatic thing happened it wasn't like your life was so easy peasy but through that and that pain you you opened up the door and you really are on your path and on your purpose and um really just kind of you know amazing now you do this work it only in, because I know that when we first started, I know you're in Hawaii now, but you also mm-hmm. live in Austin during the year. Do you do this, like if anyone's interested in this, do you do this like on Zoom or is it only yeah. in Austin? Yeah. So, you know, I, I have uh, some of the hands-on treatments, but most of my work is via Zoom with clients all over the world. I have okay. clients in Ireland. I've had people fly out from Australia to get in-person sessions and VIP wow. retreat. But uh, a lot of my work is via Zoom with these sessions and um, guiding people through this inner peace process. That's amazing for going to the source of how this is happening for you and resolving, you know, what your body wants to release. And Love it. it's so fun to get to do this, this deep healing work with people and share these self-healing tools because I get to witness a lot of dreams coming true. You know, I, and that's what so- health, that's with 
um, you know, relationships, Relationship. wealth. I would say probably money. Yeah. I, it's, it's unbelievable how many people I've seen that just had some repressed grief. And that was the energetic that was blocking them from receiving more money and income and cool opportunities and I know it's, it's, it's funny. wild I, it's all connected I know I have I have clients over the year that you know I've, I've worked with some other therapists and I always say to them you know it's time for you to raise your prices oh I just don't feel right about that and I go why you're good at what you do don't you believe in abundance I believe in abundance so there's enough for everybody why not you can have more and it's amazing just around money how repressed people can be that they feel they don't deserve it or it's not, you know, like I have, you know, and, and again, I'm not saying you have to have $8 million. If you want $8 million, you can have it. I mean, I just don't think there's any limit, but why even limit yourself at all? Why not just put it out there that, yeah, this is part of what I want just to make my life um, easy, you know, and better and just more relaxed or whatever. So it's in all areas. Okay. This has been, first of all, you, I feel like you could be my best friend. I mean, I, you're amazing. <laughs> amazing. All right. So in closing, because usually I, I try to make these around sure. 45 minutes, I probably could talk to you a lot longer, but I'm going to be respectful of your time and, and the listeners as well. Um, so if you were going to just give some guidance, I, I'm gonna, I always end with a quote and I think today's quote will be good. Yep. Um, I always pick it out ahead of time and I always just say, give me a good quote for the session. So I think this, I mean, this episode, the session, I feel like I'm in a session. I mean, it looks yeah, look amazing. Um, what would you say to the listener who's struggling? Like, I sort of feel I want to sh- change careers, for example, um, or I have a chronic uh, health problem and I've gone to a million doctors and nobody knows what the answer is. And um, I want more money. And, uh, you know, this relationship is not that great and I probably need to get out, but I'm scared. Just anything that you think you could offer someone who's kind of like, I know my purpose is not this and I should be doing something else. Any any wise words before we close? Yeah. You know, one thing I wish I would have honored and known earlier in my life is it's okay to reach out for support. Mm-hmm. So whenever, listen to your intuition and mm-hmm. whoever, whoever that calls you to, make that call. There's, we're all in this together. We're all walking each other home. So there are angels, there are, you know, friends, there are family, there's people, uh, guides, mentors that can help accelerate that path from struggle to understanding how it's happening for you. Um, you know, and just make that call. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> that, that, yeah, that was a big one for me. Yeah. Cause we're not alone. So, and it, like you said, you put it out there and inevitably, and I cannot tell you how many times this has happened to me where I've had a thought, like, I don't know. And then the next thing I see on TV or like you said, a friend calls and just start chatting. And all of a sudden she says, you won't believe what happened to me today. And it's exactly what I was thinking about for myself. Like, really? It happened to you? I was thinking about doing that, taking a class, whatever, whatever it is. So if you just, just ask, begin asking, it's out there and be open to receiving and you'll be surprised. Like literally this is just all, you know, I have all kinds of coincidences happen all the time. So my husband and I, you know, we're a little older and unfortunately had some people we know at our age that have passed away. So he, he is not on the path of, um, necessarily spirituality. But I said to him, you know, we need to have a sign in case, you know, if you go first, you know, let, let's have a sign that we'll give to each other. And of course he goes, okay, Janice, you know, and I said, I don't know, I've really been into butterflies lately. I said, so let's make it be a butterfly. If, you know, if I want to say hello to you, what do you think happens on my knee five minutes later? A butterfly. 
And I swear to God, that's the honest God truth. And I, I say to him, uh, look at this. He goes, well, I already know you're like a witch. He thinks I have some unbelievable ability. And I go, I don't really think, I think I'm open is what I think I am. And I just said, okay, universe, I guess that's a good sign for us to, so I said to him, now put that in your subconscious and send us, God for whatever that happens, God, whatever, just send it my way. So I, I know I'll send it his way. We'll see if I ever get anything from him, but I'll worry. I, got, I hope I don't have to worry about that for a long time. But anyways, um, love what you had to say. Thank you so much. So here's my quote, okay? I think you'll like it. Your purpose in life is to find your purpose and give it your whole heart and soul. Happy are those whose purpose has found them. And when you walk in purpose, you walk in destiny. By, by, that was by Buddha. And also by, there were two together, Ralph Buchanan. So I think that's kind of what you're saying is if you find your purpose and give out your whole heart to it, you're going to be happy and you're going to collide with your own destiny. So let's do that. Yeah. Thank there's you. So, there's that. so much more to share on that. One note too, that how many coincidences does it take before you realize there's no coincidences? Exactly. My, I asked my mother, you know, in spirit um, to show me a sign and literally a butterfly came and did circles around me. And she used to love butterflies. She, she literally collected them, did stained glass butterfly art and all kinds of stuff. So it's, it's Hi, weird. <laughs> okay. okay, Charles. Okay. Hi, mom. Obviously she's here too. Why yep. did I share their story with you? You know how many coincidences I could have shared with you? Right. All right, listener. Right. There's a connection out there. We just proved it, me and Charles. And I'm wearing a butterfly necklace, which I never take off. Just said to mm -hmm. think it's cute. So whatever. All right. Thank you so much. This was amazing. Um, and I don't know. I feel like maybe we'll be in touch at some point, but all the best to you. I have Thank a gift so to the much. listeners too. And um, if anybody that's listening wants to dive deeper into this work or just wants to get some experiential learning, there's a free gift on my website. It's charlesclay.coach. And this is an alignment activation that is great for allowing you to fill up with your own life force energy, your own healing capacity. So you can remember you are your own greatest healer and create from that inspiration. So it's an amazing good morning ritual. It's great anytime you're feeling off or your energy's off. So yeah, charlesclay.coach, just go to the bottom, um, subscribe at the bottom and you'll receive that free guided alignment activation. It's a game changer. I'll be, I'll be doing that. Yeah. So thank you so much. Now they have some you're an amazing person. So continued success. And, and yeah, wonderful. All right. On that note, on that very high, I don't know. I'm like, well, goosebumps. Um, this is Janice Alford. Um, thank you for listening to On Purpose. Hoping that you're living your life with purpose and maybe even on purpose. Um, until next time, bye-bye.